The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. A text from John who says, My wife is a teacher. As well as her 8.50 to 4pm teaching day, she works two plus hours most evenings and Saturdays correcting copies and preparing classes. She's expected to answer urgent parent emails up to 11pm at night. This summer she spent four weeks correcting the Leaving Cert, two weeks planning the transition year ahead and booking speakers, trips, etc. For that, and with 10 years' experience, she earns just 49000 a year or an entry-level graduate salary with a tech company. If we had our time back, she would never have become a teacher. Michael Gillespie, General Secretary of the Teachers' Union of Ireland. Uh, tell us about the recruitment and retention crisis at second-level schools at present, please. Well, I think what you just said there, Matt, just sums it up. I mean, someone 10 years, that means they're one of the people who suffered post-2011. They're the new entrant. They suffered unequal pay for the last 10 years, um, which has has exacerbated the crisis in in encouraging teachers to stay. Uh, At the same time, the government made uh, a decision that that it would take six years to qualify as a second-level teacher, four years and a two-year PME, which puts the cost of training out of people, and both in time and money, out of people's pocket. We can't get people to get permanent whole-time jobs day one. They get partial jobs at second level, uh, fixed-term contracts for X number of years, maybe not at full hours, and in the cost of living crisis we have, they can't afford to live on it. So they're voting with their feet, as that woman said. Uh, they're going into other, because they've got transferable skills, they can go into other jobs, which pay better, and are permanent, full-time jobs. Or what they're doing is, some other jurisdictions realise how good the product we're producing as teachers are. So they're going and they're getting full-time jobs abroad um, in, in, in some of our nearest neighbours, Dubai. I mean, I don't have to, that stories out there for years. And the problem is only going to get worse because peak second level, these are students who are already in national school, hasn't arrived yet. It's still two or three years away. So the number of students coming into second level is increasing and the available teachers is not keeping up with that. It's in fact, if anything, it's going backwards. I thought there was some sort of deal done with the government earlier this year in relation to that pay discrimination, a sort of a, a top up for those at the lower levels to try and res- bring equalisation about. Well, what happened there was teachers themselves, teachers themselves realised how bad it was. And we did not, second level teachers did not take the 1% pay rise in February. And that was announced at the teaching conferences. We gave it over to restore the, the, the what used to be called the HDIP allowance. Now it's the PME allowance to, to teachers who are qualified. So all post-2011 would have that restored. But the government wasn't paying for that. Teachers themselves were paying that by giving, as part of building momentum by giving up their 1%. So even though everybody agreed that unequal pay was wrong, every government, every political party, but at the end of the day, teachers had to give up the money themselves to pay for it. And then again, in a cost of living crisis, that's made things worse again for for even established teachers. Okay, but did that payment get made? No, it hasn't been made yet. Why not? I mean, if there's a crisis and a shortage, surely the easy way for the government to try and encourage people to take up vacant positions is to pay the money that had been agreed six months ago. Yes, we've, we've agreed. It's, it's coming out of our, our payment. So the money is there to be paid. Uh, it, ju- it just means uh, it's awaiting final approval uh, by, de- by, you know, there's a couple of government departments involved in it. So it needs final approval by both departments, yeah. 
Okay, uh, there's a lot of messages coming in from listeners. Uh, in relation to the text I read out from John, uh, Johnny in Tipperary says, did that woman correct the leaving cert for nothing? Come on. So she would have had an additional payment for doing that. Another one says, uh, listening to the teachers complaining would put any young person off teaching. How many teachers actually left teaching to work in a different sector last year? Uh, do we know any idea, Michael? Did people give up teaching? Yes, people have given up teaching and moved into different sectors, and it's a it, no. It's everything from Spanish to German. I mean, if you if you you know, most parents are aware, for example, that you know if there's someone on a maternity leave and teachers are entitled to maternity leave, it's almost impossible to get a sub in in a lot of subjects. Um, a couple of years ago, when this crisis started, Matt, you know, we were saying, oh, it's home economics teachers, Irish, Matt. Now the situation where it's every subject, every teacher. More than likely, a lot of people didn't leave during this country during COVID because of the uncertainty. Now, the other jurisdictions are coming in recruiting our our quality product, which is, is is very good teachers. Dubai is opened up again, so we've got people going there. So they're voting with their feet, mostly for per- like. If you were to ask, ask me what's the one of the easiest solutions to it, start giving teachers a second level permanent whole time jobs. You know, the cutbacks that were created in 2009, which gave schools very little flexibility in recruitment, is one of the major things that's holding this back. I mean, most other people who've done six years in college have the, have a guarantee of coming out and in, in the way the world is in Ireland at the moment and getting a permanent full-time job. Te- Second-level teachers are coming out and they're getting bits of jobs or they're getting jobs that have no certainty. Uh, Lauren Dublin says, uh, wait a second, that tech worker works 48 weeks a year with 80 hours a week minimum. Uh, also, the tech worker has regular performance reviews with the real risk of being sacked at any time. Most teachers wouldn't survive six months in the tech sector, says Lar. Jimmy in Castlebar says, I'm a teacher of 20 years and for the first time, I'm seriously considering leaving the job and going into the private sector on better paying conditions. Holidays are great but they're not the be-all and the end-all. And predictably, there are some people saying, how can teachers be complaining at the end of three months' holidays? Three months maybe in the secondary school sector, two months in the primary. Niamh Murray, your principal at Rutland National School, a DESH school in Dublin, inner city. How are you sorted for teachers for the new academic year? Hi, Matt. Um, unfortunately, I'm not sorted. Um, I'm going to be short-staffed. Um, so I know I was on the programme, I think, early, mid-July, yep. and I said I was hopeful, and that was probably a bit foolish. And I kind of thought, you know, did I underestimate things, or maybe none of us realised how bad the situation would be. So I'm short two teachers at the moment, and one of my staff is, she has bought a house outside of Dublin, you know, outside the outer commuter belt, and she's hoping to move out of Dublin and is currently applying so she could also be gone so potentially I'm sure three teachers but at the moment it's two And what do you do in a situation like that? Can you find temps to fill in or are you going to end up trying to merge classes on a temporary basis? Well I suppose I I have one week so I'm just going to still maintain a glimmer of hope that something could change and I suppose one of the reasons I thought I'll agree to the interview somebody may be listening who's you know in between applying for jobs and they may think, well, there's a school I could go to. Um, so I suppose the plan would be, or the contingency plan, you always have to make sure the class, the classes have teachers. So the classes will have to have teachers, meaning that the special ed provision will have to be curtailed. And I suppose when you talk... Some 
Oh, we're after losing Niamh there. The line seems to have dropped on that. Uh, I'll go back to you, Michael Gillespie, from the TUI while we try and get Niamh back again. Apparently, according to the teacher's job site, educationpost.ie, there are 288 vacancies at primary level today, 341 vacancies at secondary level. Uh, would you expect more, most of those are in urban areas where rent and housing costs may be more expensive? Yeah, I mean, obviously that, that's a major problem, but it's not just exclusively urban areas. We are seeing problems in rural areas, and one of the things in rural areas, even though the rents are more affordable, people just can't get accommodation. So you're now saying that people must, you know, they're looking at jobs that are 50 kilometres of living with their parents, maybe. Um, so th- th- there's lots of restrictions. It's a, it's a nationwide problem. The cost of living is everywhere. And if you go to a small school down the country, the, the, the chances are you won't get 22 hours. You might only get, it won't get a full-time teaching job. You'll get half of the job, half of the contact hours, and therefore your salary is half. Yeah, but see, so th- th- there's a listener here who asked the really relevant question. If there's a shortage of teachers, then why are they not getting full-time contract hours? Because the, the, some of the stuff that started in the car in 2009 is operating under those contracts. Okay, sorry, we, the line is breaking up on us there, Michael. Sorry, Niamh, you're back, I believe, though. Um, and yes. What would you regard as the major issue? Is it the pay on offer for the job or is it the cost of accommodation for teachers? It's the cost of accommodation. It's the cost of living because I had four staff who left in June and two went uh, abroad. And one, two went down the country because Dublin was too expensive. And they were all very upset to leave. But I suppose just to go back to the point I was trying to make, I need to make sure classes are covered. But beyond that, special ed provision needs to be cut back or curtailed. And, and in a school such as my own in the inner city, where their needs are much more complex. And, you know, so I suppose it's more of a hit for us to be short-staffed than perhaps a middle-class school. Because if you look at what's called learning support provision, we would give learning support to children under the 12th percentile, which means they're doing as well as 12% of the population, you know. Whereas in a middle-class school, there are schools who would be in a position to offer learning support at the 46th percentile. Whereas a child in my school who's scoring at the 46th percentile wouldn't have any chance of getting learning support. And I suppose we're quite a complex area given the population. We have a number of students from the Roma community who don't have much English at all. And also this morning I spoke, I made contact with the Ukrainian parents who had moved to City West and I feared myself, and it has turned out to be the case, they haven't got school places in City West. So the parents I've spoken to so far all plan to return. So we will also have the children from Ukraine who need some extra English support as well. And our support system is going to be cut back because we don't have um, teachers to fill the position. So it's going to be a very challenging year. It is indeed. A number of listeners, please ask about the terrible contracts been offered to teachers. For example, my school is advertising biology at four hours a week. How is a teacher to survive in that? Could that really be the case, Michael, that a school will actually look for a specialised teacher and say, yeah, but we'll only give you four hours a week? Yeah, that's happening. And, and they're, they're kind of hoping then someone will apply and we'll make it up with subbing or something. But yeah, so who's going to, you're dead right there, Matt, who's going to apply to a job of four hours with, with a skill set that could be transferable or they could get a, you know, as your previous speaker said there, someone's, people are going abroad. They're going abroad because they're getting full-time jobs. And another listener says, no third level college in Dublin is training practical teachers in engineering, woodwork, construction studies and home economics at present. Is that true, Michael? 
That's correct. Yeah, Limerick is where you do the engineering and construction, and St Angela's in in Sligo is where uh, home economics teachers are trained. Okay, uh, listener says, uh, please ask your speakers what the hours are for primary and secondary teachers. Secondary teachers often only have class hours for twenty hours, which gives them twenty more hours to correct their copies. Primary thirty hours, which gives them ten hours to correct copies and prepare for class. Would that be fair to say, Niamh, that there are good hours available to teachers as well as the holiday benefits? I mean, there are, however, I mean, I would go into work, there's teachers in the car park at a quarter to eight, which is a full hour before the school opens, you know. So a lot of the teachers would give a lot more than I suppose would be required, if that makes sense. And particularly in a school such as my own, where, you know, relationships are very important with the children. And a lot of the younger teachers who come in, they love working in the school and they want to do their best. And if anything, I have a problem where my staff nearly work too hard, if that makes sense. I'd be concerned. I don't have slackers, thankfully. And so that's the position I'm in, that I'm looking at the young teachers and thinking, you know, they're doing this difficult job because it is quite difficult when you have a range of, you know, social and emotional needs in your class. It can be quite a demanding job. They're paying really high rent. And I completely understand why people would leave Dublin or why people, and in the particular situation I'm in, the contract is not holiday. There's no holiday pay in that. So I understand why I had hired people and they they turned down the jobs for, for better contracts. Niamh Murray, Principal of the Rutland National School in Inner City, Dublin. Michael Gillespie, General Secretary of the Teachers Union of Ireland. Thank you for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here.